Hello, and welcome to the Yam Yun podcast, where we analyze Agados from Shas, the Agadaic literature from the Talmud with a rational, metaphorical method. Please email me with comments or questions, rabbi at rabbibailey.com. Because I've already started preparing the Kamsa and Bar Kamsa Gemaras, I'm going to skip a couple of gados and go to Nunham and Bays at the bottom, the famous Kamsa Bar Kamsa Gemaras. And God willing, there'll be several different Pshatim of these Gemaras. So we have time to skip back and forth. Normally I want to go in order, um, but I already spent time preparing these. I did not spend time preparing the next uh, Gemara in order. So let's go. So Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, My Dixiv, what does the Pasuk mean when it says, Asher Ish Mephachet Tomid? Praiseworthy is the man who always has trembling, trepidation. And a person whose heart is beating will fall in the badness. Because of a story about Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, Yerushalayim was destroyed. Because of a rooster and a chicken, Tur Malka was destroyed. Because of the side of a wagon, piece of wood, Betar was destroyed. Those are the theses statements that the um, Tanoim and Roim would use as little memory devices and that would jog their memory in order to go forth and give the rest of the story in their verbal oral tradition. So that answers to us why it has double language. So, Akamsa Bar Kamsa Chav Yerushalayim. Because of the story of Akamsa Bar Kamsa Yerushalayim was destroyed. Tahahu Gavra. There was a man, the Rachamea Kamsa. His friend was named Kamsa. Abal Debebe, his disputant, his enemy. Bar Kamsa was named Bar Kamsa. Avad Saodta. He made a meal. Amarle Lishamaya. He said to his servant, Zil Aisili Kamsa. Azal Aisili Bar Kamsa. He said to his servant, Bring me my good buddy Kamsa. And he ended up bringing his enemy, Bar Kamsa. Asa, so the man was hosting the feast. He came, he found Bar Kamsa sitting there, enjoying the feast. Amalei, he said to himself, this guy, meaning uh, myself, is an enemy of that guy. Let's read what it has here in the Safaria. The host said to Bar Kamsa. I don't think that's necessarily true, but here they say, the host said to Bar Kamsa, that man is an enemy of that man. You're my enemy. So I'm friends with Kamsa. You are enemy of Bar Kamsa. Gotta be enemy. So we're gonna ask so we'll, our first question is really: what's this Mikhti? Why does this guy need to like sit and contemplate who his friends are? You know, I'm, I'm inviting these friends to my party. I'm not inviting these friends to my party. I'm going to collect them like stamps. Uh-huh. I have a list of enemies. So, you know, very often, Mikhti is also people thinking internally. Why do you have to have this big pause here? So, my boys, haha, listen, man, what are you doing here? And by the way, at this point, you know, Bar Kamsa could have been like, wow, the fight is over. I could really just stay here and it could be great. But then, um, this, uh, Mr. X, let's call him Mr. X. Instead of just Poloni. So Mr. X decided, nope, what are you doing here? Kum poke, get out of here. 
Amalei, he said to him, Hova, Sai Shavkan, listen, I'm already here. Just leave me alone. Shavkan v'yehevna lach I'll pay you for what I ate and drank. Just, just don't embarrass me. Let me stay. Amalei, he said to him, Lo, nope. You got to get out. Amalei. So Bar Kamsa said, Yehevna lach Let me pay for half of your meal. I'll sweeten the pot. Amalei, lo. He said, no. I'll pay you for the entire meal. Come on, man. He grabbed him, picked him up, and tossed him out. So he, the man went from sitting to getting tossed out of there. Amar. So Bar said, Since the rabbis were sitting there and did not protest against um, bar against uh, Mr. X. Shmami no, I can infer from here. The rabbis were okay with this. Those rabbis. So he's upset. He has a those rabbis moment. He has a bad Jewish people moment. He had a meal of winking with the uh, king, the royalty in um, Rome, wherever it is. And obviously it's an idiom. It's a, a sneaky meal to give Lashon Hara and to incite problems. Also, Amalek Kezari went and said to Caesar, King, Mardubach, Yehuda, yes, I know Caesar, King, different, but it's the same function of Midas Amalchus there. Mardubach, Yehuda, the Jewish people are rebelling against you. You really got to take care of this. Amalek, Miyamar, he said, oh, who said, huh? Why should I waste my money and my men on this issue? Amalek, he said, Shadar, Luhu, Korbana, send a Korban to them. They won't see if they'll sacrifice it. Also, Shadar Bidea Igla Tilsa. So the Caesar Emperor man sent a choice three year old calf or third of the womb, whatever it is. Delicious uh, Corbin. Bahadi de Kaasi Shadab Bimuma. So as they were going, Bar Kamsa put a moom, Beneath Fasayim on the lips, Ramile Badukan Shabayim. Some people say it was on the eye lid. And, uh, you know, maybe we should ask the question, does this, like, have a significance? You know, is if it's probably true and it happened, is there a significance to the, which one it is? If it's a metaphor and it was just a moon, why would you say that? Um, the kavase, the lididan, habamuma, the lidul habamuma. So it's something that to us in Halakha is a moon, but to the Gentiles it's not a blemish. So Bar Kamsa brought the animal to the base of Midash. The Kohana would not sacrifice it on the altar because it was blemished, but they could not explain it to the Gentiles because they would not consider it a blemish. Alternatively, I think you could say that it's more easily to make a heter because... Um, if, if it's a goy bringing korban to Hashem, you could say, just bring it. But speaking of heterim and shasa dechak and all that, you are allowed to break halacha, or it's a heter in order to save yourself, your skin. But there is a next step of an issue here. So that's how Yushalayim was destroyed. Here, Savor Abanan Lekrovea, Mishum Shlom Malchus. The Rabbanan thought they should offer it as a korban because of peace in the Malchus. You have a, a superseding halacha to protect, to save your skin, protect yourself. Shlom Malchus, like Shlom bias. 
Amalehu Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkulas. He said, Yomru, people will say, Bali Mumen crave him, that animals that have a blemish can be brought in the Mizbeach. Can't have that. Savor They thought that they should kill Bar Kamsa, the Laza of Lema, so that he should not go back and. Uh, tell all this business to the basement to, to the to the Roman government. Amalehu Rabbi Zechariah said to them, Amalehu Rabbi Zechariah, Yomru, they will say, Meto mum that you put a mum on the mouth of Kachim, the Chayamisa for that. And because of this, the Romans believed the Jews were rebelling, and then more bad things will happen in the rest of the story. So because of his quote-unquote humility, the base of Midrash was destroyed, the sanctuary was burned, and we were exiled from our land. So Kamsa, Bar Kamsa's story, destroys things because of Yerushalayim. And then because of Rabbi um, Zechariah's behavior, those holy places are destroyed. So initially, I think that the reason it's separate is that Kamsa Bar Kamsa shows discord among the Jewish people. And Yerushalayim is supposed to be Ir Shalom. It's not just a city of peace, of uh, polite pacifists, but the point is that it's Lahavdil, Washington, D.C. It's Lahavdil, it's a city that's really all the Shvatim are supposed to own it, come together. And once it has a breakdown in that peace, it we'd lose Yerushalayim. And then Rabbi Zechariah, the Sanhedrin sits in the base of Midrash in a chamber there. And, you know, Rabbi Zechariah, his humility. So you could say, oh, he's so humble. He's being too frum. He's too frum. And that's the problem that happened here. But alternatively, there's Achron that says that the humility here is he did not think he should paskin. I just, I can't paskin. I just can't paskin. There's a time where you got to just paskin. And save your skin and go forward with that. So because he didn't do this, that ended up the the korban in there and the abundant paskining hand in hand. In other words, the service in the temple and the paskining of Sanhedrin in in my shot here goes hand in hand. Because he didn't use the halacha and the Sanhedrin to save the base of Medash, boom, temple destroyed, the sanctuary which is the holy holier part of it destroyed, and then we were kicked out of Eretz Yisrael. So we could have just perhaps lost the um, um, Shlita, government control of Yerushalayim, and stayed near to Yisrael, sort of a longer um, Hanukkah type of deal, temporarily losing control. But this that's what happened to cause all that. So so what exactly is the message of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, you know? Is it just that that was the only story that happened? Or as people say, things like this were happening at those times. So I want to give forth um, pshat, a, pshat, a few pshatim from Rav Yochanan Zweig, the former Rosh Yeshiva of uh, Talmudic University of Florida, Yeshiva Space Moshe Chaim. Uh, when I was there, we learned it in um, 19 and a half years ago. It was spring of 2003. And we spent around four days, I think instead of delving into... Gemara, we delved into the Agada analysis. It could have been it was instead of the Chumash here. I don't quite remember, but Pshatim um, from Rabbi Zwag and my own additional psychological insights on top of that.
Okay, so. Rosweiss says as follows. So why were the Chachamim not protesting this whole deal? Um, why does it not mention Kamsa? Well, hey, why isn't Kamsa here? Where is he? He says Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. Uh, so the answer must be he's involved somehow, right? Okay. So starting out here, in the Targum de Baloska, Sona, someone you hate, is called Bal de Babel. It's called a, a master of a dispute. So I sort of uh, gave it away earlier when I said it was a hated person based on the Safari uh, translation here. I have my own notes on Shas that I use. I think it's smoother to use Safari, especially with the Pesukim. I don't butcher the Nukudos and all that. I can just read through the story quickly. Don't always agree with the Pshat over there. Obviously, a different Pshatim. So excuse my sidebar. So, you know, you could just read Baladababa as like, a disputant, you know, people that go to court together, they have ongoing legal difficulties. But here, it really has to do with hatred, and now we're getting into Sinas Kinam. Um, and why were the Chachamim protesting, and why does it mention Kamsa? And what's this whole Mechdi? This, uh, I, I have to pause to remember who my friends and my enemies are. So, um, why does it say Baal from before? This incident is enough Sinas Kinam. Answer. Okay. The answer is like this. So Kamsa is involved. Kamsa is fighting with Bar Kamsa. And Kamsa tells Mr. X, I'm not going to be your friend unless you are not friends with Bar Kamsa. Being machzik v'machlokas. Two people disagree with something. Gathering other people on your side across the line to make that civil war. And my commentary is, if you listen to my Shoftim Shir, this destruction of Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael is a mere image to what happened in Shoftim, that we were trying to fix a society that was incomplete because Yehoshua and the Shvatim didn't finish the job. In order to make a Shalim society, you have to vanquish Avodah Zarah, vanquish discord, and bring people together, which happens with Shmuel and Dovin Melech, ultimately. This is the reverse. The fracturing begins. And as we'll see, especially with um, what the request is from the Caesar, uh, the, the new Caesar who's the general who's there, the special request, that in Shoftim, you needed to have things fixed where it's uh, the Malchus, and you needed to have Levium, Yosef, um, and Kohanim, strong, those, those elements of strong leadership. Everything else was just other Shvatim, participating. And here, there's no Yosef, okay? The Yosef part of things is what holds the glue together, but it also brings in the Avodah Zarah problem. What you're going to have is the Davidic dynasty, the Davidic dynasty, and Chachamim, and uh, Kohanim Levium saved, because it's uh, desperate times to get the minimum. So, back to the shot. Okay, so... Kamsa told Mr. X, you um, can't be my friend if you have anything to do with Bar Kamsa. The host has a machlokas with Bar Kamsa because Kamsa told him this. Sinaschina means that there's no reason. So Rav Zweig said, Rosh Hashiva said, in Psachim Kuf Tes Zayin, it speaks about the pathology of a fight. 
Both, you both keep doing bad to each other a little more than last time. A little more than the last guy. Keep it going. Sinaskinam. Person C does not have a fight with B. C needs A more. A says, have nothing to do with C, and I'll help you out. People brought in to join the fight. And that and um, this is me talking. And then gradually, as you fracture off society, it becomes extremely unhealthy. So the michti. What's this michti? He needs to pause to remember he can't be there. In other words, Mr. X might only have a vague distaste for Bar Comps, or he might even like him. So he has to spend the time it takes to remember why he shouldn't like him. In fact, you know, some, his, his servant brought uh, Rando, some Peloni Amoni, Joshmo Rando, to the Suda. It might actually make a beautiful shalom. It's a great opportunity for Mr. X. This is me talking. This is a great opportunity for Mr. X to stop what's going on. And I'll speak about this because in, um, I'm, a, you know, I'm a family therapist, do individual as well, all sorts of therapy, thank God. But as a rub and a family therapist, we talk about triangulation. This is what Murray Bowen, this is what the early family therapist already knew about, Mnuchin, Virginia Satir. So some of the most difficult things happen when three people are involved. Two people can settle an issue, a third person makes stress. Two people have a fight. A third person can support one of them, and then the other person's out of there. You can even have two two parents. You know, they have to have that same voice. This is Rav Hirsch on Ben Soramora. They have to have the same education um, of the child. And I add on to that. You know, the second that one person is not on the same page, by definition, one is stricter, one is more lenient. The more lenient is in the hypotenuse of the triangle. They want to um, defend uh, the child and protect them. And then you automatically have a triangle. One person is going to get overly involved with the child. One person is distant. And this is what begins to lead to pathology, to problems in behavior and psychology. You have to have two supportive parents aiming at the child. And um, you can heal things the opposite way. If uh, Mr. X would keep being friends with Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, you might think that Mr. X will be totally caught in the middle, but I've seen this in my life constantly, unfortunately, whether it's divorced parents, separate families, separate religions, separate streams of Judaism, people disagreeing at school, disagreements over philosophy in elementary school, high school, yeshiva. I remain friendly with those people I think I should be friendly with, and I keep those relationships. And the only people that stop and cut it out are actually the unhealthy pathological people. People who are healthy and secure are happy to talk to you and say, well, I don't agree with that person that I want to talk to you. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. So not giving into what we call triangulation, or what Rabbi Zawag is calling being moxic is the key. And that is when Sinas Ploni has no reason to keep going. The reason to keep hating Bar Kamsa is because Kamsa will do him favors. He'll do business with them. That is actually still Sinaskina. You don't hate a guy for any good reason. Okay. So I wrote down here the Marsha's question. The rabbis didn't do anything. What could they do? Sheva Altase. I'm going to add my own answer in here. And I'm not professing to be smarter than the rabbis at all. I'm just trying to tell you what the recommended family systems understanding and research is. You know, what the rabbi should do is what Bowen calls 
differentiated leadership. You know, if they're really in, they seem to be in a no-win situation. If they leave, it's a slap in the face to Mr. X and Kamsa. If they stay, it's a slap in the face to Plony. So theoretically, they could take a stand. They could, um, they could say this is a real embarrassment to Bar Kamsa. We don't want to be part of this meal if you're going to throw him out. So they could have said that and left. They could have said that and stayed. Um, but let's focus on the statement because what's differentiated leadership? So when, when we all are part of emotional fields, we get sucked into these um, people's emotions and feelings and our family or even a shul, a society, a workplace. We need to be ourselves, be individuals. Differentiation means... I'm not just different for the sake of being different, but I am myself. I'm declaring myself, and those are the best kind of leaders that have humility but are determined with their beliefs. So the Rabbanon should say, we don't believe in Machlokas. We believe this is wrong. And he could even actually stay and say, we believe this is wrong and this is gross. We're just here for the Sam and we're going to leave. They could make a stand where they stay at a comps of our comps and say, hey guys, you need to fix this. You got. You guys need to work this out. We'll sit here and we'll be the middleman, the family therapist, the rabbi therapist. We'll sit here and work this out. But y'all need to work this out. There are ways to have differentiated differentiated leadership, and I believe, again, this is a mirror image of Shoftim. As society breaks down, uh, religious figures feel like they are less potent than they actually are. They really should be assertive leaders that intrude on people's lives in a healthy sense, not in the. Um, Bossy, controlling sense. Okay. Sinaschina. The whole story. We hate each other for no reason? No. I hate you because of a couple of reasons. Answer, it's senseless. There's no benefit. Hate him so much it will hurt me. Okay, we're going to get into that. Into hurting myself. If um, a disruptive student, you're clear to throw him out, but to watch after him. There's There are stories over there, Rabbi Zwak said. So um, Mr. X could have excused Bar Kamsa from the party more respectfully. He could have said, I have to go talk to, talk on my cell phone, I gotta go to the bathroom. He could have let him leave respectfully without uh, embarrassing him. Could have offered a cow for the hen. We have a religious ceremony here. Please take a steak and then you can go. Don't take it personally. Don't care about other person. I'll use the money. There's a toast post that said when someone is wrong in an argument, it doesn't mean they're totally wrong. Mafachid means be worried that you aren't correct and be more careful as an institution. Don't be too confident in their goodness, in their badness. Always think about what you're doing. Yeah, and I think that the shot is, you know, it doesn't mean we're Quakers trembling in our boots. It doesn't mean we have religious fear all the time. It means be very concerned about what you're doing. Really think about the consequences. Getting caught up in anger... Um, is not going to help. And that's where triangulation comes in because so many times someone will say something to you 
and you're convinced that they're serious talking to you, really, someone else is pressuring them, and that's why they're talking to you. For example, some of my therapy clients, they came to me with a different opinion, and then I realized someone else pressured them into that opinion. So I was like, what do you think? What do you want to do? Um, you know, our famous example is all these different Freudian defense mechanisms. You know, someone's upset about work, and they get mad at their kids, you know, displacement. Or somebody has a great way of parenting, but they say, oh, I feel pressure from my spouse to do this. I feel pressure from the boss to do this. That's all triangulation. Three people are involved, like three corners of a triangle, imaginary points. So here, Mr. X is thinking, whoa, I feel a lot of pressure from Kamsa. I got to really get Bar Kamsa out of here. What if Kamsa finds out? Instead of saying... I'm also a significant person. I got a fancy meal. I got business. You know, I need to do what I think is best. Differentiation, individuation. What do I think is best? What I think is best, let's make peace here. Let's just, I'm going to have Kamsa over. Bar Kamsa doesn't like it. Maybe he's not a great friend. Or maybe I can actually convince him to chill out and, and stop hating each other. People are hating each other. Um, and it has a detriment to themselves. It, it's, there's no benefit. And there's a detriment. That'll be our next uh, shot. So with that, we begin to delve into these very sad, very tragic Gamotas. And my comment was also that I've learned something from learning a lot of Midrash Eicha and Midrashim in the Gemara, Shas, on tragedy. And that is the Agados and Midrashim about tragic times. There are a lot less metaphorical, intertextual type of text, type of um, Torah. They're a lot more straightforward. I think it's just meant to be something straightforward. If anybody, God forbid, has experienced uh, mourning and grief, it's really something that's powerful, but it's not deep and insightful. From a psychological therapy perspective, there's not usually elaborate insights and details and psychodynamic etc with grief it's something that people need support in therapy to process but it's mainly just your mind has to wrap you have to wrap your head around it and let it get processed through the mind the mind cannot accept death the mind cannot accept the korban based medash uh, as much as it can accept the death of a parent it's 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 inconceivable it takes time for the mind to process it and that's going to be the theme here. It's like, how could it happen that people hate each other? How could it happen that on one side of a great city, people are getting murdered, the other side they're partying? But that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara is going to say, there, was actually, there were actually very few crimes and tragedies. But the problem is, they did not mourn the Chorban properly. Um, it's easy to not to mourn the Chorban. You have success in life. Kochum Bootsam Yadi. Talking about some yeti, uh, feeling good, feeling happy. Just like at a wedding, we break a glass, we sing a sad song. We have to temper our happiness and our prosperity with sadness. And people ignore sadness and tragedy because it is so upsetting. But as the um, famous psychologist about grief and attachment say, if, if you don't, if you don't deal with Grief, it will turn into clinical depression. In other words, grief from loss and tragedy from death, it's actually not depression. It's deep sadness. And if you take time to process and accept it, 
paradoxically, it will go away because of catharsis, accepting the sadness and processing. And there even are some psychological methods there. You make a place, you can make a scrapbook. There are two sets of four steps, depending upon how complex it is. There are some methods. But once you um, accept the grief and sadness, even though it stinks, you can feel better. But if you deny mourning, grief and mourning, you will end up with clinical depression. You will end up with clinical depression. The person who was a machadesh, who innovated attachments, said that, and he's right. I've dealt with that, and I've counseled with that. So the people who are not thinking about the Chorban, that those are the depressed Jews. Those are the ones that are the most neurotic. The ones that are not dealing with Tisha B'Av and from Kite and religion. I just spoke to my very wise friend about this. But th those Jews that are devoid of faith and religion, they're also devoid of true happiness and true process of mourning. They're the most neurotic Jews. So we must delve into the tragedies. And there were some insights today from Zwag and some more are coming. Perhaps some of my own. Um, but it's something we just need to face. And that's why it's in Meseches Gitten, uh, with all the destruction and depression, because it's part of disconnect. We must go through these phases. And as we will see with Ashmedai, King of the Demons, how to rectify it through human psychology, the Jewish source. Once again, the Torah has a first of all psychology and human condition. And then only then we can move on to Gitten and understand connection. Thank you so much for listening to my Yom Iyun podcast, Agados and Gitin. Please email me with comments or questions. Rabbi Bailey at gmail.com. Rabbi at rabbibailey.com. Many blessings. Call to.